Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. I heard the Lord say, just like last week when he dropped that in my spirit about the lepers, I heard the Lord say these words to me. The spirit of Nebuchadnezzar is on this nation and the world. I'm going to say it again. The spirit of Nebuchadnezzar is on this nation and on the world. That's all I heard. Well, I knew what that meant. I knew what he, where he was taking me, but that's what I heard. So I began to go and look at the story that I'm going to preach to you right now. In, in just a little backstory, in 605 B.C., the king of Babylon's name was Nebuchadnezzar. He attacked and he conquered the, the, the tribe of Judah which was God's, you know, was, was the tribe of Judah that was living for him. The others had rebelled at that time before they were reuni- re- reunified. Following the victory over the tribe of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, listen to me, he ordered, now you got to get this, this is history and this is in your Bible. He ordered the best and the brightest young men of Judah to be taken out of Judah. He, he occupied Judah. He went in and took over. But he said, I want the best and the brightest to be brought out of Judah and taken back to Babylon. Are y'all hearing me? Where he would brainwash them. In fact, the Bible says, brainwash them for three years minimum, poured propaganda into their minds. Oh, this microphone. I like this new microphone. In the midst of the people of the brightest of the young minds was three Hebrew boys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I told y'all this before. If you don't know it, let me tell you again. I'll never forget when me and my wife was early on in our marriage. We was at a family get-together with my, my mom's side of the family. And somebody in our family had done a lineage search. And it searched back all of our lineage. This is before Ancestry.com and all that. She had manually done it. She had a big old book that she gave everybody. And she traced it back. And you got to understand something. We're sitting around the table. All my uncles and my aunts. Some of my cousins. They start reading this, you know, this was the father and then this was the mother and this was the father, the mother's side. And I forgot how far it went back. But then me and Sandy were sitting there and they said, and then I can't remember if it was on the mother's side or the father's side. One of them, it said, was a child, had, what was, was, uh, was in a relationship, was a, was a slave daughter who was in a relationship, a, a black lady was in a relationship with a white man, and she had triplets. Huh? I'll never forget it. Me and Sandy look at each other. We're like, okay, where, where, we know where this is going. And then they said, so the lady, the, my aunt said, so we have African-American heritage in our family, And we don't know which one of the triplets we came from, but we know we came from one of the triplets and their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I looked at my wife and I said, well, that explains a lot. Hallelujah. Rest of my family was in shock. Me and Sandy was high-fiving each other. We was like, yes! Come on, are y'all hearing me? So not only am I really a brother, but I'm a brother from a daddy, a great-great-granddaddy that was either named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So I come from a lineage, oh, of a mama. Do you know what? A mama don't name their kids Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego unless mama knows what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. So I I come from a lineage of a Holy Ghost mama that said, my kids are not going to bow. If I have five people to help me preach. Y'all know the story. Some of y'all don't even know the story, so you don't even know what I'm talking about. Hold on. I'm just assuming everybody knows the story. Shadrach, 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, one of them is my granddaddy. Nebuchadnezzar brainwashed a generation, indoctrinated them with Babylonian culture that at the end of the training, the intention would be that even though they were Judean, even though they were Jews, they would think and act Babylonian. Are y'all hearing me? Can I tell you something? We are in the greatest nation on the planet, the United States of America. But be careful. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble with this one. Be careful to not be more American than you are Christian. God bless America. God bless America. I love this country, but I'm telling you, my name that's written in the Lamb's Book of Life doesn't have any culture or any nation out beside of it. It's just got my name, baby. Be careful that you don't put more pride in a country than you do in your walk with God. Oh, I wish I had a church that would help me preach. Now let me tell you something about what I'm about to preach to you. All my life, Haley, all my life, and probably all of your life if you were raised in church, you heard the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The three Hebrew kids who would not bow. How many knew that story from childhood? We didn't even realize it. We were being indoctrinated unintentionally by our own pastors and Sunday school teachers who didn't take the time to study what they were teaching us. They were teaching us the story that they had heard without reading the story. Because here's what they didn't tell you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was not their names. Oh, what? What? How many has ever heard a preacher preach on, I'll tell you what we need. We need some more Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah in this world. People be like, huh? Do you realize these boys' names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? So in the effort to change all these young boys, he changed the name of every Hebrew boy, including these three, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He says, this is what you're going to be known as from now on. Your name is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now let me tell you something. Their Jewish names were given by their Jewish father. Which meant, if you know anything about Jewish culture, you know they don't just name kids. What they don't get, a, they don't get on Google and find out what's the top ten names everybody's naming their kids, huh? They named their kids because those names meant something. They they meant a declaration of good, and sometimes a declaration of bad, huh? Sometimes people's name meant praise. Sometimes. They named their kids, the Lord has forsaken us. That's what Ichabod meant. He said, Call, his name shall be Ichabod. For the rest of his life, his name is, the Lord has forsaken us. Lord has forsaken us. It's time for dinner. Come on in. Lord has forsaken us. So, they named the father named him Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Let me just say something very clearly. The king may have changed their names, but the king didn't have the ability to change their heart. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. 
I know what the world is trying to tell us is the new normal. And they may make it the new normal in the face of everything we got going on. But they cannot change what God says is normal. Oh, I'm going to read the Bible in a minute. Daniel chapter 3 verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and width was 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up which was an image of himself. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried out, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony, with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace." So at that time when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, symphony, and all kinds of music, and all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Are y'all with me, church? This image was 90 feet high by 9 feet wide. It was set up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. The command was, when the music sounded, everyone must bow low. Not just bow this. They had to bow low. And when you bow low in that culture, that didn't even just mean that you did this. That meant that you did this, and you went all the way down and did this. So they were commanded to lay prostrate before an image of a man. I want you to get a picture, a mental picture in your mind. Tens, hundreds of thousands of people. A sea of people. Much like you see when you see rallies and you see protests, especially at the Capitol from Lincoln Memorial. And you look back over and you see 150,000 people. Far as the eye can see, you see people standing. I want you to get a, a mental picture. They've all, the rich, the poor, the important, the doctors, the lawyers, everyone was commanded to get outside and stand before this image. So every human being in the province, uh, in the nation of Babylon, in the province of Dura was there. And they were all standing. It was a sea of people. And of course, Nebuchadnezzar sitting up high so he can see this massive sea of people. And in the middle of those sea, those sea of people are the Hebrew people who had been taken captive. In the middle, there is a group, a large group of the young and the brightest men and even women of Judea scattered among the Babylonians. You can't find them with the naked eye. You can't look at a crowd that big and find who's a Hebrew and who's Babylonian because in that kind of crowd, everyone looks the same. A crowd of 150, 200,000, 500,000 standing, waiting. Then they hear, they hear the blowing of the horn, the, the trumpet. They hear the harp. They hear the music playing. And I want you to get this mental picture, the sound of that, of this, just the shuffling and the murmuring. Of 250 to 500,000 people or more. A sea of people. All pushing back and making room. And in one instance, like a wave in an ocean. It just goes. And we're just minutes before, just seconds before. 500,000 or more were standing. Now they were all down with their heads not even feeling worthy to even look up. 
You couldn't find, I'm going to call him what we always know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before that moment. You couldn't find them, Pastor. It's almost like they didn't exist until the world bowed. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, they've been telling us for years the church is no longer relevant. They've been telling us the church is no, people don't care about the church anymore. You might as well figure out a way to do something else because people ain't coming to church anymore. It's like people, church used to be the center of a community. Now people drive by the church and never even notice it. But I got news for you. That's why the people are coming back hungry the way they are because you couldn't see them until the people bowed. Then all of a sudden, in the midst of a sea of people, half a billion, half a, a million people or more. Three boys in the middle of a sea was standing firm. Probably shaking a little bit. Probably feeling something in their belly. How many knows? I don't care how much a man of faith you are. When you're surrounded by half a million people all laying down and you just heard, if you don't do this, you're going to die. And you're standing there and all of a sudden you're looking around you're like, well, they, I was hiding before, but I can't hide now. You could not see them until a world and a nation bowed to a false god. But when the world bows to a false god, those who do not bow to that false god will be seen and will have influence. And all eyes will go to them. If you're in a crowd of people, especially if you are a speaker, whether you're a teacher or whatever it is, and it's a small room full of people or a large crowd, and everybody's seated and everybody's in order, and they're taking notes and everybody knows that right now they need to be seated. But then in the middle of that classroom or in the middle of that setting, somebody, just one person just stands up. What's going to happen? The first thing's going to happen is every eye, especially if it's in a setting, not like a church setting where people stand up during preaching a lot, but I'm talking about in, a, in, a, in an orderly setting where people are not expected to stand up and they just stand up and they're just looking at the, preach, at the speaker or the teacher like that. How many of those, everybody's going to be looking at them. It's going to stop the speaker. He may keep going, but it's at least going to catch his attention. And if he keeps standing, everybody say keep standing. Oh, y'all ain't getting where I'm going. See, it's one thing to stand and then feel awkward and then just go ahead and kneel. But it's another thing to keep standing when even those that are around you that you thought was with you are kneeling and bowing before a false god or trying to get you to join them and you stay standing. This is what happens. The speaker usually says, Excuse me, do you have something to say? Do you have something you want to say? Is there, is there something wrong? Do you, do you, what happens is, maybe not immediately, but it draws attention and access to speak into that room. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. The speaker never stops to ask if you've got something to say if you're sitting there being a good little boy doing exactly what you've been told to do. But when you stand up, sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. Somebody, boy, you got something to say? Say it to the whole, say it to the whole classroom. You know, you ever, you're, I know those words because I heard those words. Huh? So here's what I'm trying to tell you. In the midst of what is going on in this world, not just this nation, 
God's got a remnant that while the world is bowing, they are standing. And they're not just standing. They're staying in, in a standing position. So much so that at first people laughed and mocked and tried to get those people to join them. But now because they've stood through so much stuff, they're looking at them and saying, okay, okay, okay. You got something you need to say? I got news for you. I got something to say. Nobody wants to hear what the crowd has to say. In a time like this, somebody wants to see who's going against the flow, what they have to say. Oh, I'll preach it today whether you like it or not. Now watch this. Here's the thing you've got to get. This is mind-blowing. Nobody preaches this part of this story. The king did not see them. He had no idea they disobeyed. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. It's such a mass of people. He's so full of himself. When he sees half a million people bowing before him, he's just like, yes. It's hard. There's no telling. They're probably somewhere towards the back. He didn't see three, three out of hundreds of thousands, three teenage boys standing. In fact, Oh, I'm glad this happened because we wouldn't know the story if it didn't happen. But in fact, if what happens next did not happen, we wouldn't even have this story and, the, and there would be no fiery furnace. There would be no story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because the Bible says this in verse 12 of chapter 3, there were certain Jews who have been set over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. In other words, they were turned in by their own people. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. No, I, I feel so bad. Does anybody here named Karen? Is anybody's name Karen? If your name is Karen, okay, look, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. I don't know how it got this way, but they've somehow have not adopted your name Karen now as being someone who's got a, can I see the manager? I want to tell, tell on somebody for not doing this, this, and this. I'm, so I mean that, I had to say that because I mean no disrespect because when this first started, I was like, I feel sorry for Karens that are just good Holy Ghost people trying to live their life. Now every time they say, what's your name, Karen? Oh, no, okay. You're Karen. So, no, no disrespect to Karen. But I did write this in my notes because I thought it was funny. It would have been okay. But Karen showed up. There was a Karen in the crowd. Huh? Karen showed up and said, Psh. this wasn't Babylonian, y'all. This was fellow Jews. Do you understand the word Jew comes from Judah? Judea. These were people who were taken captive with them that had bought into, if I'll just do what I'm supposed to do, say what I'm supposed to say, I'll get a title, I'll get a house, they'll love me, I won't have to be persecuted. Oh, listen, this is the plan. And they went out telling everybody in the, in the tribe of Judah, listen, all you gotta do is just do what Nebuchadnezzar says and we will have a good life. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, I'm not bowing. And, and, and they, they looked over and saw him and said, oh, no, 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 you're not going to mess up what we got going. So they went and told on them. Let me tell you what I wrote in my notes. When you stand, even in private, the enemy and religion will never allow your stand to stay private. Because if you're standing against the enemy, his thing to do is to expose you, to shut you up. 
certain Jews. I tell you what, I've been around some certain church folk in my life. Huh? You, you, ever, you, ever, you ever known one of them certain church folk? Speaking in tongues out of one side of the mountain, talking about you like a dog out of the other? I'll never say who it was, but I was in a church service one time. Man gave a message in tongues, interpreted his own tongue. At the end of service, found out in the middle of church, he's talking bad about me and my wife. I mean, we, we, we were young. We, we, we weren't even pastors yet, but we were serving. And I remember going home telling my wife, I said, it's pretty amazing you can give a message in tongues, stab somebody in the back in the same service. I found out real quick some of the meanest people I've ever met in my life is in church. I'm telling you right now, I'm treated better by the world than I am by church people. I'll tell you something else right now. Some of the, some of the realest people that I've met that won't be, be real don't even go to church, and some of the fakest people I've ever met go to church. And as long as everything is going religiously well, they ain't shaking nothing up. But you have somebody preach a message like I'm preaching right now, like I've been preaching for months now, like I've been preaching for years now, and I'm going to tell you right now, you'll find out real quick, once again, no disrespect, who is Karen and who is Shadrach. I love you, Karens. Let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus had to deal with certain Jews. Jews were the ones that convicted him. Now, that's nothing, nothing against the Jewish people. Please don't twist my words. This is not anti-Semitic whatsoever. I am a believer in the nation of Israel. I am a believer because, I, come on somebody, I'm 100% believer in the nation of Israel. But the truth is what the Bible says. It was the religious Jews, not necessarily the, the Jewish people as a whole because his disciples were Jewish. So his following was Jewish. So, so what I'm trying to say, though, is I'm not really necessarily talking about Jew, Judaism in the time of Jesus. I am talking about religion. Religion is demonic. Oh, I wish I had a help. Jesus' biggest enemies were not from the street. They were from the temple. Huh? I talked to a pastor this morning who told me that another pastor called and told them that several key staff members have told them, listen, I have to always say this because we live in a world right now, you take one little snip and they'll try to destroy you, so I have to qualify everything. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I take this virus very seriously. But this, is what, this is what staff members told this pastor. About six or seven staff members resigned from this church and said, if you want us back, you're going to have to call us and talk to us at least in February because we're not coming back to church until at least February. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to get me in serious trouble. I can tell you right now. I'm going to be in serious trouble after this one. Even with high risk Conditions in your life, and these people didn't even have them. Even with high-risk conditions to COVID-19, you're going to go ahead and tell me right now you ain't coming to the house of God until February? Watch this. I respect that you can't now. I respect that you can't make a commitment for the next two weeks, but you're going to go ahead and state minimum you ain't going to see me in church. Oh, what they was trying to say is, if you want me, you're going to have to hire me back in February. But until then, I'm going to watch 15 different churches for five-minute segments on Sunday, even if I watch anything. I'm not going to be loyal to you as my pastor anymore anyway. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. I'm just trying to tell you now, even high risk, no matter what you're going, don't give the devil permission. You do what you got to do to keep yourself safe, but don't you give the devil permission to lock you down for six months. 
Who knows what God may do next week? If you've got a heart condition, you might be healed of that heart condition. If you've got a lung condition, it might be gone in the name of Jesus. Watch it an online church. Sir. Don't limit God. Woo! I should not preach this right before Elevate because I need y'all to come to Elevate, not be mad at me. Don't be surprised when religious people call you out for standing. Now, you notice I didn't say for rebellion. Because some of y'all just purely rebellious. And the Bible says rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. So rebellion is not of God. Taking a stand is not rebellious in the sense of that nature against the authority. No, taking a stand for who you are in God is completely different. It's one thing for you to for you to ask me, and I don't want to get into debate about the whole mass thing, but it's one thing for you to, 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 to say something strongly suggest as it is in this state to wear a mask. It's another thing to ask me to bow down on my face and worship you. I'm telling you right now, if the day comes that a politician asks me to put them high and lift it up, it's the day, oh, come on, that ain't happening, y'all. They'll put me under the jail before I'll bow down and worship any man. Any man. And if your political candidate has taken Godship in your life, you are in sin. Whoever it is. And you know good and well, there's people worshiping on both sides right now. Make church great again. Huh? How about make commitment to God great again? Thank you for the five people that clapped. I got to hurry. Religion will always call you to comfort and conformity. Relationship will call you to stand when everyone else is bowing. See, the teens, these are teenagers, y'all. The teens were not afraid of a powerful king. Listen to the king's attempt to intimidate them after Karen talked to them. Daniel, that's my last time to say Karen. Daniel chapter 3 verse 14 says, Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying to them, watch this, is this true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Notice he made a point to call them by their Babylonian names. Trying to appeal to the training and the programming that they had done. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? For some of you it would be, is it true, Democrat? Is it true, Republican? Is it true, Bidenite? Is it true, Trumpite? Huh? Are y'all hearing me? Oh, this microphone is so good. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my God or worship the gold image in which I have said? Watch this. But I'm going to give you another chance. Verse 15. Now, if you're ready, at this time, See, when somebody's so full of himself, he had over a half a million people bow and worship him. Three did not. He calls the player of the horn, the flutist, the harpist, the lyrist, the psalmist, to all play in symphony again for three boys. He says, I'm going to redo it all because I know y'all just, y'all had your moment. You had a bunch of likes on social media. Come on, y'all hearing me? You had a bunch of views. You, you, a lot of more people know your name now. You're, you, you've established your brand. 
We all know you who you are, but you know, between me and you, I don't think you want to die. So, if you're now ready, since you had your moment, I'm going to get them all to play again. I'm just going to stand back right, sit right here on my throne and just give you a shot. Fall down and worship the image which I've made good. Did you see that? But if you do not worship, you'll be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hand? Now, you can Google this and find out who I'm talking about on your own. But I heard a governor of a major state look in the camera today and say this. These words. Not a direct quote, but pretty close. I want you to know I ain't got no problem with you worshiping. I ain't got no problem with you being in your synagogue, in your mosque, or your church. But if you don't do what I tell you to do, I will shut you down. Not if you don't care about the safety, if you don't care. He said the words, you're going to obey the rules. You go back and watch the video. Made governor of one of the biggest, if not the biggest states in America, said, you're going to obey the rules. And if you don't obey the rules, we will come in and we will shut you down in your services. You know what pastors, a bunch of pastors in that state said? Come on. They said, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's see you put your, now come on, let's see you do it. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> a pastor in, in the, the second biggest or maybe, you know the other, you, well, I'm not trying to say them so I get flagged in the algorithm on Facebook, but the other one that's way out west, how about that one, that, that, said, that said you can't sing in church, you can't gather in church, and this week he tweeted out, listen, if you're going, this, I promise you I thought this was the Babylon Bee, I thought this was satire, he said, if you are planning to go out this weekend with your family to eat dinner, this is on the official governor's tweet, make sure you wear your mask in between bites. That's what he said. Did anybody see it? He said, several of you said, make sure you wear it in between bites. Can I just be real with y'all? If I'm sitting across the table with just me and my wife eating, do y'all know me and my wife are pretty intimate at times where the furthest thing from my mind is making sure that I'm protected while I'm eating a steak from my wife. Fill in the blanks. But a church stood up and said, we ain't closing. One of the world's famous pastors, one of the most well-known pastors of the world, stood up and said, we ain't closing. And they, they find him. They said, we're going to find you every day. Then they said, if you come to church at this man's church, this is what the governor said, we will hand a $1,000 fine in the hands of every parishioner that walks into that church. Every member and every attender will be fined $1,000 for going to church. You know what that pastor said? Come on. And I'm going to tell you something. Do you know what he tweeted out last week? He's had to go to four services where he only had one service. He has four services now because he don't have enough room to get the people who are standing up and saying, I'm telling you, I'm not going to stop worshiping my God. Four services. That's not rebellion. That's a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego anointing. Sit down. What, you got something to, of all people, of course, father and son. 
I couldn't have planned that if I asked him to do that before church. I'm hurrying. Do you understand my heart? Let me tell you something. I, look, don't judge me if you, if you don't wear a mask at all. You're one of them, I ain't never going to wear a mask. Look, I'm not judging you either. Let me tell you something. I go in Walmart, I wear a mask. I, I, go, I go in places where I see people wearing a mask, I wear a mask. I, I'm not trying to be rebellious. Huh? Are you hearing me? But I'm not, but I'm also not bowing. Okay? I'm also not bowing. So don't, don't twist my words to think that I'm just saying be haphazard. Not be safe. You need to be safe when it's just flu season. How about this? How about this great revelation that we got finally in, in 2020? We ought to wash our hands. I mean, my God, should we not have already been doing that? Okay. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's this? So they have a they reply to him. Their first reply was they stood. Their second reply was they stood again. And when they stood again, just like what I was talking about when somebody stands in the midst of when everybody else is not supposed to be seated, the leader or the teacher or the one in authority will say, well, okay, you got something you want to say? So their stand, listen to me, in the middle of world conformity, their stand gave them access to speak into high authority. We have been praying as a church as a whole, the Bobot body. Preachers have been preaching for years. When is people going to listen to the church again? What happened to the days when the church used to have influence? It's because the church gave it away. But there is a remnant that is rising that is causing people to feel emboldened to spend thousands and thousands of dollars for commercial time, companies to share the gospel. I watched, not only is there an electrician and air-conditioned company sharing the gospel, I forgot what the other one was. It was some kind of landscaping business. I saw a third, the other, three different businesses in Birmingham are paying the local news the regular rate just so they can get on the camera and share the gospel. Why in the world do they feel emboldened to do that? Because when they look across the crowd, they see a handful of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's that's inspiring them. If they can stand, then I can stand. We've been given an opportunity at this moment to speak. We've been preaching it for as long as preachers have preached. The story that says we've come to the kingdom at such a time as this, Esther. But I'm going to tell you something. If there's ever been a generation that needs to say, we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this, it is us. We've never had an opportunity to speak into government before like this. We've never had an opportunity to speak into our communities like this. We've never had this moment. So what are we going to do with this moment? I can tell you what I'm not going to do with this moment. I'm not bowing. I'm not locking the doors. I'm not shutting the doors. And I love you, governor. I love you, president, senators, and all these others. I'm making it public. I've already said it again, but I want to say it another time because I've done heard what you said. There's a second wave coming that you're trying to get us ready for. I want to say it now. We are not closing the doors of this church. I'm telling you, I don't care what you say. We are not closing down. You don't have to come but we are not bowing. We are not closing again. Let them do what they want to do to me. We are not doing it. You don't have to come. You want to stay at home, nobody's going to judge you, but I'm going to be here. Those doors are going to be open. We're going to sing with whoever we got up here, which I think we'll have everybody, and we're going to preach, and we're going to give them Jesus. Do y'all understand how bad the devil don't want me to preach this? This ain't easy. I'm literally preaching against millions of demons that's, all, that's over this nation. Okay, boys, you've chosen your path. 
But before you get thrown in, you got anything you want to say? Because apparently, you've got the floor. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king. I want y'all to keep this in mind before I read what they said. This is the Old Testament. Let that sink in. This is the Old Testament. These are three teenagers in the Old Testament before man had personal access to the breath of God. Before man had the ability to have God come inside of them, own them 24-7. During this time, he only came on the prophets and then he would leave the prophets. This is before Acts chapter 2. This is before it is finished on the cross. This is before the third day the stone was rolled away. Are y'all hearing me? But they had this kind of bold faith and we can't. They said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to even answer you in this matter. But since you gave us the opportunity, record my words. Chakatobaka. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I know you, 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 you thought you were setting me up, but what you didn't realize is my when setting me up, trying to tear me down, didn't do nothing but give me an opportunity for my story to be heard. Hallelujah. Okay, if that's what you want. If that is the case. Watch this. Let me stop here. Let me, you got to understand what, what's, you got to read between the lines. In other words, they're saying, we don't want to die. We've taken our stand believing that we're, you know, we want to live a long life. We're teenagers. So all along, we've been praying and believing that God's going to take care of us. But, okay, if that is the case, that I'm going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. Oh, comma. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Take it down. Take the words down. Take the screen down. Take it down. Take it down. Take the words off. Take the words off. In other words, the furnace and you are two different things. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. He said, not only is my God able to deliver me from the fire, but I want you and everybody in Babylon to know, even if I die in that fire, I didn't die because of you. Are y'all hearing me? Ooh. Oh, y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get it. I want you to know before I take another step, I'm free from the furnace already in my mind, but I am also free from you. Nothing you say can change it I am free from you. I want you to remember my words. Will you see my skin boiling if he don't do it? Just remember, you'll not hear me cry out praise to your name. When you go to bed tonight, Nebuchadnezzar, when you lay your head on your pillow tonight, you remember these words. You may have killed me, but you did not win. We do not submit to you now, nor will we ever. Verse 18, y'all can put it back up. But... If not, 
if he don't do it, if he don't save me, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image that you have set up. <laughs> In other words, if I get a diagnosis, can I be real with y'all right now? If the doctor says you got cancer, I'm going to believe with every fiber of my being that cancer must bow to the name of Jesus. I'm going to lay my hands on you in the hospital bed. You call me down there and you're laying there in your stage four and they're sending you home with hospice. If you could, if you could communicate with me and even if you can't, I'm still going to speak to your spirit. Man, this is what I do. I'll look at you and say, do you still want to fight? Are you ready to go be with the Lord? Are you ready to be raised up? If you look at me and say, Pastor, I fought the good fight. I'm ready to go on. Then I'm going to pray for you according to your will. I'm going to pray for your family. But if you look at me and say I'm not done, I'm telling you I'm going to rebuke that cancer and I'm going to tell it to go in the name of Jesus. But if it does not, even if it does not, and I still go by that way, Cancer will not have a victory over me. Cancer will not be able to say they killed me. Cancer will not, heart disease will not be able to see that they won because here's what happens. To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Oh, are you hearing me? You thought you killed me, but what you didn't realize is you just ushered me in to the thing that I've been praying for, hoping for, looking for, journeying to. You can't look at a child of God in heaven and ask them if they feel defeated no matter how they got there. Here's the bottom line. I'm, I'm closing. The world, media, news, God Almighty, I can't stand it. Social media, boom, boom, boom. It's just a drum beat. Boom. Over and over again, boom, boom. What is it doing? It's trying to cause you to change your mind. Because when you change your mind, you will ultimately change your heart. Jesus. So they said, okay. Obviously, I say I can't do nothing with you. So they picked him up. I'm not going to read it. I ain't got time. They picked these three teenage boys up. The Nebuchadnezzar commanded them to make the fire as hot as humanly possible. The fire was so hot, the Bible says that when they, when the soldiers picked the bodies up and what close as they could to the heat of the fire and cast them. They got as close as they could without being burned. They cast their bodies into this fire. The Bible said those that threw them in was killed instantly from the fire. It was so hot. As their bodies are flying into this pit, the people that threw them were killed immediately. It was so hot. It could be they were killed because they were the ones that threw them in. I don't know. Because there was something supernatural going on even at that moment. I want you to imagine for just a moment. Teenage boys. For a few seconds, it must have felt like an eternity, Pastor. <laughs> They're falling into a pit. They can fire all around them. That's been built just to kill them. They feel it. They're looking down as there's, I don't know how deep it was, but it was a pretty deep pit. And they're falling and they see the fire that was set to kill them. For a few seconds, could it be possible that the human side of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those teenage boys, could have been afraid? Of course. Do you, do you, are you saying, Pastor, that if you're a man of faith, you're not going to deal with fear? You're not going to be afraid. Are you kidding me? No. That's human. 
was there a fire waiting, Pastor? There was already somebody else in the fire waiting as well. Hallelujah. So here's this king sitting so high that he has perfect view to look down in the pit. He's like, okay. Everyone bowed to me and the three that didn't are now gone. So I got. So I got. What? I wanted. Come here, 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 come here. I'm tired. I didn't eat much today because I've had a lot going on. I'm trying to be a god and all this kind of stuff. It's, it wears me out. So maybe I'm maybe a little delirious, but uh, can you look down there and tell me what you see? They were scared to death to even answer. He goes, I got one question to you. Did we not throw three into the fire? Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. We, we did exactly what you said, Gary. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. We threw three in the fire. Then why is it that I can see four? in the fire, not only do I see four, they are dancing, praising God, and the fourth one looks like the Son of Man. He looks like an angel or some kind of spirit being, and they're all doing the hokey pokey. I'm through. They think the new normal is they have shut us up finally. But what they don't realize, the sound that's going to come from a hundred is deafening compared to what the sound of a thousand used to sound like. Y'all didn't get that. The churches that were packed out, let me tell you something right now, we're finding out who was real in those churches and who wasn't. Now, I'm not talking about if you ain't, you ain't come back to your church yet that you ain't real. If you're plugged in every Sunday and you're making sure to be in, place, in, in this place and you ain't leaving every Sunday, you're still with us. But I'm talking about those that five-minute scrollers and then watching YouTube videos or sleeping in. I told a pastor yesterday, I said, let me tell you something. I know who I am in God. I've been pastoring this same church for 26 years. It blew my mind when I just thought about it. We've been in Pinson for 17 years. That's insane that we've been in Pinson for 17 years. 26 years pastoring this church, pastoring another church for three years before that, and youth pastor before that. I've been in ministry over 30 years. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Now, I said that to say this. I'm driven. I'm driven. You know me, you know I'm driven. I'm driven to do what God's called me to do. But I make no bones about it and no, and no apologies either. I'm driven to succeed. There's nothing wrong with the desire to succeed. I want to succeed in what God has laid out before me that he wants me to do. I, but I told this other pastor, I said, but pastor, I'm going to tell you something, I'm 52 years old. I got a grandbaby, which changed everything. And I said, in the middle of a pandemic, it took a pandemic for me to realize something in that grandbaby. That one of the greatest successes when you are driven to succeed is when you finally know you are in a moment where your success has nothing to do with crowds, has nothing to do with whether the building is full or not. You know you are right where you're supposed to be. I'm going to tell you something. It's, I've always felt that, but I've never felt it like I feel right now, son. Austin, I see it on you. I see it on you. The voice of this house is speaking to many people right now. We give God the praise for that. This is not man's praise. But watch this. What I'm trying to tell you is this. There's a lot of empty seats in here. But that does not mean this is an empty voice. You have no idea how many churches and pastors are watching us 
following us. So watch what happens. He says, obviously, nothing I can do can kill them or stop them. Pull them out. So, now watch this. What you got to, nobody preaches this part. If the fire was so hot that it killed the people that threw them in, you think you're going to throw a rope over in there and the rope not burn? So, get the full picture here. They didn't just dance in the fire. They stayed there until man put out the fire. So, how, oh, this is a revelation here. While they're standing in the midst of being thrown in the fire, they're being covered by the water. Oh, y'all didn't hear. They went from fire, standing in fire, to to standing up under a spout. Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. So they had to wait for the fire to be put out. Who knows how long that took? They're just hanging out down there with Jesus. Teenagers. Then a rope is thrown out. Now, you ever burn leaves or something like that in your yard? And you had a pretty good fire going, but you was burning leaves and it made a lot of smoke and, and that wind shifted all, and that smoke would blow on you and all this and you'd get away from it and all that and you'd work. And you finally finished and you've been out there long enough, you just sort of got used to it. You come in the house or something, you throw those clothes off, you jump in the shower, you clean yourself off, and you get out and you walk back in the room while you smell. Smoke. You pick up them clothes, you're like, oh, my Lord. And, and sometimes it takes several washes to get that out. And sometimes you can't ever get it out. We had a house fire one time. We know what that feels like. But uh, what I'm trying to say is this. When they pulled them out of that, the Bible said they pulled them up. And, of course, somewhere between the, the, the pit to the surface, it was just them again. Huh? And as the three came out, the Bible said, not a thread on their garment was even singed. And they had no smell of smoke. Sometimes you need to rehear the stories you've heard from your childhood. Huh? Now watch what happened. Nebuchadnezzar said this. When he saw these men in whose body the fire had no power, the hair of their head was not singed, nor were the garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them that Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They have frustrated this king's words, but have yielded their bodies they should not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Hallelujah! My God! Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Gave them influence. You ought to get up on your feet and give God a praise right now. I got news for you. God is about to turn some of the ones that's trying to tell you to shut up. They're going to be the very ones that says, the God of Sandy Ragland, the God of Austin Cruz, the God of Hutch, hallelujah, Hosea Hutchins, the God of Fred Cobb. Let that be God. Stay on your feet. 
Influence. Leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. God is giving the church influence. But we're going to have to go through the fire to get it. We're going to have to stand when they bow to get it. We're going to have to say no other gods but, but our God to get that influence. But let me tell you something. When the dust settles, I've been saying this for months now since this pandemic started. When the dust settles, and it will settle to some extent, what will your story be? If you're here today and you say, man, I'm, I feel like I'm in the fire. I need God to come down this fire with me. Whether it's you've never been saved before, you've backslid, you've walked away from God, and you need to come back to God, or you just need to push through some stuff, I'm going to ask you to run to these altars right now. Get up here right now. We ain't worried about the time. This is Elevate Week. Come on, y'all. Run to these altars. Get up here right now. Get up here. Come on, give God praise. Run to these altars. Don't, don't wait for somebody to beg you. Get to these altars right now. Spread out whatever, how you want to spread out. These altars, it is at the altars where the fires burn. Praise God. It's the fire of the altar where, where the stuff is burned off of you. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? My God, they're still coming. Who else? Praise the Lord. Who else? Come on. Come on. Come on. We're going to be a church where the altars are open. We're going to be a church where people get set free. Anybody else? Anybody else? Stretch your hands towards these. These are up here. Put your hands up. It's a sign of surrender. And I want you to say these words and mean them like you've never meant anything in your life because you're not saying them to me. You're saying them to God. The God that delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the God you're talking to. Say this with me, church. Help them all together. Say it. Father God, we are nothing without you. But we come to you now in the name of your son, Jesus, admitting we are not worthy of you but Jesus you made us worthy on the cross I believe you died for me and came back from the dead for me you are alive for me so Jesus I ask you to forgive me of every sin I've ever committed I give my life to you I surrender my past my present fear of the future. I put it in your hands, Jesus. I surrender. Here I am, Lord. I'm ready. I'll walk through the fire because I know you're with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Come on, come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody give him a shout of praise right now for what God is doing. I'm proud of y'all. I want to pray for you, Father, right now. I pray for them right now. Those that came up, you know exactly why they came up here. You know what's going on in their lives. You know what they're facing when they walk out those doors. The enemy's not going to give up. The enemy's not going to just walk away just because they came up here. I pray for them, God. I pray, God, this church would hold them up, God. I plead the blood of Jesus over them that whatever it is that they're facing, they will face it with boldness and they will not turn back from this point. I bless them as their pastor. Encourage them and pray for them in the name of Jesus, everybody said amen.